Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to Culture Night. Where each week we drink fancy wine and watch movies that are in some way culturally significant. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. And we are back with a bonus episode. What? Surprise. So we are taking a mid-season musicals break mm-hmm. because we're going to go see some movies. And we're gonna. this is going to be a whole different experience. Yeah. We're going to take you along for the journey, especially mm-hmm. if you're watching on YouTube. You're going to get a real visual experience with mm-hmm. this one. And we are going uh, to be doing the Barbenheimer. So we will not be watching our movies here like we normally do. We'll actually be going to the theater. What is that? To watch mostly back-to-back Barbie and then Oppenheimer. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> all... very similar movies. All the rage on social media. And mm-hmm. since we are a movie podcast, we kind of felt like mm-hmm. we probably needed to go and see them. Yep. To, so. to, it's not just being culturally um, informed about the past, but also staying on top of pop culture as well. So I figured yeah. it made a lot of sense now that we have kind of a groove to go ahead and start watching some of these as they take place as well. Yes. And uh, I'm not going to complain about a night off from the children mm-hmm. and to go to the movies and maybe enjoy a glass of wine at the movies. Yes, we'll be going to one of those fancy upscale movie theaters where we can get food and beverages. Obviously we'll get some fancy wine and rate and review after the movies. Yes. So um, we are doing a little pre-roll beforehand. Mm-hmm. We will... We're going tomorrow. Um, so we are going to just go through some of our beginning questions. We won't do slept on it or deep dives mm. or we'll save that for behind the, the screens. Next episode. Yes, this one is just a bonus, just talking mostly about Barbie and Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we are watching Barbie and Oppenheimer. What year are they from? Tell us. Hmm. They are from the year 2023. So let's hop into our time machine. And head back to last week. <laughs> um, so... Well, first of all, Barbie is rated PG-13, Oppenheimer is rated R, and obviously those are the modern day versions of those ratings. Yes. It'll Um, be interesting to actually watch like current PG-13 and R movies and see how they compare to a lot of the PG-13 and R movies that we've seen mm -hmm. and and PG movies and G movies and... (laughs) Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch Barbie. I We've specifically tried to learn as little as possible about these movies so we can kind of experience them as they're meant to be seen as opposed to getting everyone's takes before we watch it um but i'm interested to see i have heard that barbie is very much not a kids movie and it being pg-13 makes sense Mm -hmm. um i also assume oppenheimer is going to be fairly dark if there's a lot of or if it's r obviously i understand the given the subject matter i would was assuming that one was r and i understand there's a lot of people like you said that are like oh barbie's not for kids and i'm like well wouldn't you look at the rating when you're like buying mm-hmm. the ticket and know like, hmm, PG-13, maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't take my kid to it. Right. And also like, I feel like our generation is such the Barbie generation mm-hmm. that I kind of imagined it would be more for the nostalgia of the 80s and 90s kids. Yeah, for but sure. Seems we'll like, we'll see like how we feel. This year is very much a nostalgia year. Um, Cause let's talk about the top three movies so far of this year. Yes. Uh, number one being the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is very nostalgic. We've watched that a lot with our kids. Um, it's so good. Yeah, a lot of good references to the video games and a lot of great nostalgic um, songs from the time period that Soundtrack. the movies first came out, like Thunderstruck and um, Take Me On by AHA, like just so many great songs in mm-hmm. that. Um, number two, or Super Mario Brothers uh, grossed $574 million so far. Uh, Barbie has grossed $394.5 million so far, and Spider-Man Across the Universe has grossed Three hundred and seventy-nine million so far. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Sorry, across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> my mistake. Get it right. My microphone is kind of in the way of, of my phone there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously, we've seen Mario. We are about to see Barbie, and I've not seen Spider-Man just no. yet. Uh, the top three songs released so far are 
Antihero by Taylor Swift, Kill Bill by SZA, and Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. It's really embarrassing that I feel like I know more of the songs off of the list off of the list from the seventies and eighties than I do mm-hmm. from the current year where in which we are living. Yeah, I guess having kids were a lot of listening to what they want to listen to mm-hmm. and or listening to podcasts in the car. So um, I can say that I don't know any of those songs, embarrassingly. We, I had to look up how to say SZA. Didn't want to embarrass myself again. You, were, you weren't <laughs> S- supposed to say that. S-Z-A. You're supposed to sound like you were so cool and you knew how to say it. <laughs> um, uh, before we get into um, what we know about these uh, movies that we were watching next, um, we also need to mention that, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, we are drinking the, what, 2020, 2021 Black Box Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. Very we, fancy. We brought the after show wine to the before show since this yeah. one is just a short so and sweet. We can't bring the bottle of wine with us to the movies. Um, Could you imagine if I pulled out the black box <laughs> in the <laughs> middle? I feel like you could sneak that easily in like a purse or just strap it to your Well, stomach. they make purses that hold, bo- hold bottles of wine. But do they hold bags of wine? I mean, if they hold bottles, they have to hold bags. Maybe. Um, we are not going to sneak it in. We are going to purchase wine at the theater. We yes, are not those like people. Um, what do you know about Barbie and Oppenheimer? Um, I know that Margot Robbie and, oh my God, what's his name? Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. are in Barbie. I know that there's a lot of pink. I know that almost all of my friends have gone to see it wearing various pink attire. So mm-hmm. I felt like for it's those of you watching colorful. on YouTube, I had to wear pink for tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably will wear the same outfit tomorrow. I've heard a lot of people are mad about it. Yes, there there is controversy. I have not Googled it. I think it's mostly about it not being for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was a cartoon, I would expect it to be, to be for kids. The live mm-hmm. action, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, is it Margot Robbie or Margot Robbie? I thought it was Robbie, but then I've heard Robbie and I don't. I, w- I really confidently said Robbie because I wanted to sound cool like I knew, yeah. but I have no idea. I think it, I'll, yeah. We will. That'll be a deep dive for tomorrow as we <laughs> walk into the theater. We'll over. <laughs> correctly yeah. pronounce her name yes. um and oppenheimer i know that everybody's talking about it in relation to the fact that it came out around the same time as barbie mm-hmm. i know it's about the manhattan project so i imagine it's gonna be real dark but i'm very mm-hmm. a lot more intrigued about it than i thought i was gonna be yeah it's a christopher nolan movie and his movies are usually very fast paced and keep you interested the whole time a lot of fast dialogue and it's got killian murphy in it who i just love as an actor um for the barbie movie i know like what you said, basically, just that um, it's not for kids. Very colorful. People are mad about it. Mm-hmm. But but also, but people love it. I mean, like all mm-hmm. the the women that are in their thirties and forties love yes. it. So I'm very intrigued. I'm also interested to see how we feel about it based on the order we choose to watch them in. Mm-hmm. Most we haven't fully decided. We need to look at the show times again. But I mean, it's really going to truly be based on what time we can get one movie to end mm-hmm. so we don't have a huge gap or too short of a gap to start the next one. It's like booking a flight. Yeah. Oh God. Trying to figure out the layover. Mm-hmm. But yes, we'll see. We'll do a quick little intro tomorrow as we're going to theater once we've decided what order we'll watch them in. But mm-hmm. we are excited for this. This is fun because it's just so different from our normal weekly mm-hmm. setup. I mean, after six months of doing this, we figured we better switch it up, right? Yep. We have a fun little uh, break from the norm. Mm-hmm. So can't wait and we'll catch you guys in the car. Yes. Cheers. Barbenheimer. All right. That was Oppenheimer. Yeah. Um, this is proving to be very interesting of mm-hmm. actually going to the theaters. It's definitely a different experience from being at home. Um, One thing know. that was kind of consistent, though, is that our position 
on the uh, in the theater relative to where we usually sit for our movies was actually very much the same. So it felt kind of familiar, but mm -hmm. much different experience with all the full sound and yeah. much larger screen. Not yeah. that just, we have an 85-inch TV that we watch these on at home. This obviously is much larger. Yeah, so um, I'm... It was, I'm glad that we got out of the house for a movie. It's been good, and I'm excited to see another one. Um, we chose to do Oppenheimer first, purely based on show times, the run times, and how we could coordinate everything together. So yeah. Usually, I, I guess, with the name Barbenheimer, you'd expect to do Barbie, then Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. But I think, based on the show times, this is going to work out better. Also, it would be nice to have something, hopefully, lighter. I assume Barbie's going to be a bit lighter than this. This was very so. dark, long, and deep. Yes. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> But it was, um, yeah, quite the experience. But before we go too far, let's start with, well, first of all, what did we eat and drink this week? Because we I went to one of those nice dine-in theaters. So. Yes. so we had a snack. We had pretzel bites with Ooh. cheese dip, ranch, and honey mustard. Mm -hmm. Delicious. I'm starving, so they were great. And then we drank, was it Robert Mondavi mm -hmm. Cab Sav? Undisclosed year. It wasn't really on the menu. We are going to look when we go back in for round two to see if there is a year when we are back in there. But as of right now, I would guess like early 2021. I was going to guess 2021. So we'll see. Um, so the wine scale generally is zero to 10, um, uh, 10 being, you know, the best thing ever. Um, however, usually the scale is heavily weighted because we usually just only drink really good wine. I think this is our first week not drinking Tobin James, however. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I'm st I, my number that I have is based off of the wine scale. Yeah, based on that wine scale, um, I'm I'm gonna give it a two. Okay, I was gonna give it a two point three. So yeah, right in there. Um, my for my notes that I had, I didn't really get much flavor. It it just tasted honestly like red wine. Like that's mm -hmm. all I really got from it. I like was searching as I was drinking it. There was nothing on the nose. Um, I thought it was a fruity nose. Like it was very much like oh, this is a wine like. Mm -hmm. it's a red wine smell not yeah. not anything complex um maybe it's just because before we had the wine we actually had a manhattan because it was on special for oppenheimer yes at the, the manhattan project yeah. so we had it so maybe drink. that just like killed my olfactories or something but uh i really got nothing i thought maybe some strawberry but like it was it was really nothing yeah i my i said very fruity nose um grape or grape jelly which is i mean it's made of grapes mm -hmm. so not super complex. I said pretty flat and not very complex. So not much there. Yeah. I've, it wasn't bad. It was fine. Yeah. Strawberry slash cherry at, at, at most, but that's a, about it for that. Mm -hmm. um, as for, for no. Yeah. For the, for the movie, for the movie uh, rating out of 10, um, I am going to give it a, a 5.0. 5.3. Man, we. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right there we're always close but not right on yeah for just a lot of reasons yes. um i thought the cinematography was really great but mm -hmm. it was extremely hard to follow thank you i mean we didn't talk about it during the movie but i'm like what is happening like if, if there would have been years and i know that there was some like black and white versus color like that was that helped a little bit mm -hmm. but i had no idea when anything was happening i i didn't realize we were way back in time or that like i it seemed know. like I thought at one point that it was like much after the war and it kind of was with like the hearing but then all of a sudden there it's still in colors and it was before the atomic bomb was dropped during the war. But then mm -hmm. they had black and white scenes that happened after, after that. the war. So it was like really kind of confusing. Um, and honestly, like it was a three hour movie. They mm -hmm. put a lot into that. Mm -hmm. But I still had a note that this would have been much better as a 10, point, 10 part miniseries. Yes, I agree. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, uh, yes. 
because they would also give us time between episodes to like look up who a lot of these characters were because a lot of the names i recognize obviously mm-hmm. like heisenberg and fermi and like you know from all of our science textbooks learning about that um i would like to have learned more about them and then also some of these characters I kept hearing names and being like, oh, crap, have we met that person yet? Or mm-hmm. is that just the name that I recognize because of history? And who is this person? Yeah. And I mean, I was just about to say before you even went into the 10-part miniseries is like, I just feel like I have to go home and do like a whole week's worth of research to understand everything that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then back to some other things that you said is like, you recognize names, but it was because I learned it in history or because they've already said it. Mm-hmm. And like some characters, like Rumi Malik's character didn't even have a line until the very end of the movie. So mm-hmm. it was, it's like, oh, I recognize that person. But like, it was just, there was a lot. And I just wonder how much like of the um, scenes were cut because some of these were pretty big name people and had you know very little screen time mm-hmm. on some of these that I wonder if this was originally like five and a half hours of footage that they cut down to three or something. It must be. Just I just so also much. still can't get over how stacked the cast was. I mean, mm-hmm. people kept coming on screen. I'm like, I know you, I know you, I know you. I mean, yeah, was, I, I tried not to look too much into the, the movie yeah, beforehand. I um, so I, I knew a couple of the characters, obviously Killian Murphy, but um, that was the main extent of it. But there were so many people, A, that were big names, but also people that were small names that I just, recognize their faces and knew mm-hmm. them from other things yeah we can talk more about them in our notes when uh, we but for my general movie rating usually it's like you know how quotable is it rewatchable would i sit down and and pick it up if it was if it was already on mm-hmm. um in the pop culture impact i mean obviously it's a cultural phenomenon right now mm-hmm. but i want that i don't want that to too heavily weigh into my thoughts on the movie just because it's popular mm-hmm. um would i just go ahead and be like hey what do we want to do tonight let's go ahead and rewatch oppenheimer probably never mm-hmm. no. Um, but I feel like it's a movie that I need to rewatch three or four times to really understand everything that I saw in there. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And I almost feel like if I am going to tell anybody to see this movie, I'll say, read, like, read the Wikipedia page on the Manhattan Project, not, mm-hmm. not the movie, on like what actually happened in history beforehand so that you have a lot of that. Because, I mean, we, we learned about it, but how long ago was high school? We learned very little about it. So long ago mm-hmm. that like whatever I did know hasn't, isn't something that I actively think about all the time. So it, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My brain's gonna be tired after this. I'm glad we did this first, though. I think doing this second, after like the, the experience of being in the theater and My doing brain all that, would have been just blob. it would have been too hard to follow. Mm-hmm. So I think starting with this one was a good choice. Um, let's go into the movie description next. Yes. Um, I guess I will go first. Um, it follows the story of Oppenheimer from when he gets involved with developing the atomic bomb and leading that project to the aftermath afterwards. Pulls in a lot of his, um, I guess, affiliations with the Communist Party and ties into the um, like Red Scare type era after the World War um, ended. And there's just a whole lot of political games and shenanigans that kind of went on afterwards. And it's a long movie. Mm-hmm. You have the... Yes. Um, the description according to Andrew's phone. Yes. Uh, the world changes forever. <laughs> there's a second, a second. I thought that was the only description at first. And I was like, well, okay. Oh, man. I love that I get this job. This is the best part. The story of J. Robert Oppenheimer's role in the development of the atomic bomb during World War II. That's it. Yeah. Leaves a lot for such a long movie to, you know, get a lot out of it. Usually I like the vague things, but I probably would have put a little bit more Mm -hmm. into that. And his, like, political fallout afterwards or something, Mm -hmm. maybe about it. Like, in the development of the bomb during World War II. We all know that. But this is all about the political aftermath and, like, some of the stuff that was going going mm-hmm. on while it actually happened, but how much it all changed afterwards. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't love that. Yours was better. Yeah. I guess, you know, this movie was about three hours long. I feel like it either should have been, like I said, 10 hours of mm-hmm. miniseries or, like, maybe two hours because it just seemed like there's so much. Mm-hmm. They were really hammering home. Oh, there's a lot of like communist connections, communist connections, communist connections, communist connections over and over and over again. That's mm-hmm. like, we get the point. 
at some point um, that it was just yeah. so much. And I honestly would have preferred just like leave out, um, was it Lee? What? Louis Strauss, mm-hmm. Louis Strauss, whatever, yeah. whatever his name is. The political appointment. Yeah, leave him out. Leave that whole story out because I mean I know that that's probably what the whole story they were trying to tell. But I would have found it more interesting just like how he was appointed to the project, like the building of um, Los Alamos and like mm-hmm. that story, and then some of his like, um, you know, the psychological effects that building this mm-hmm. atomic bomb had on him afterwards would have been more than enough for me. Yeah. In in a two hour time frame, frame mm-hmm. and leave out that whole other part. Yeah. It. Very much could have been cut out, but you're not going to cut out an actor like Robert Downey Jr. Yes. entirely from the movie. But they, I will say, they I did have to Google it during the movie to see if that was him because I, I was like, I feel like that's him, but yeah. I just he was one of the most obvious ones. That, I don't know. I think it was the lighting and the hats and the mm-hmm. black and white that threw me off just enough that I it yeah. took me a second. Um, was the movie what you expected? No. Um, it's about what I expected. I kind of heard it was like the essence of it was. Um, it was Oppenheimer creating the bomb and living in the world that he created afterwards. And that mm-hmm. basically kind of felt like it. I did not expect all of the communist connections. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know that from history or, or expect that. But I knew that there was going to be a lot of like fallout of like, hey, it's awesome. We ended the war. And then that kind of evolved into, oh, my God, the devastation. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that it was called Oppenheimer. I knew it was about the Manhattan Project, and that is mm-hmm. the extent of my knowledge of this. So mm-hmm. all of that political communist stuff was way more than I was mm-hmm. expecting. I mean, and I also knew it was three hours, so I should have known there's going to be a lot more to it. Um, I do remember when it was first announced um, and just hearing about it on Reddit. And, and a lot of times when big movies are being made, uh, they'll post like you know early shots from the mm-hmm. movie. And there was a picture um, early on in the development that said, like, first image of Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer. And it's like a, one of the black and white photos of him in the in the hall where he's got a hat on and has a cigar. And I remember, like the I opened it, my very first thought was also exactly what the first comment was, where it just said, "Looks like Killian Murphy in a hat." Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times when they show these characters, like they've really transformed into the mm-hmm. role, and it's like, "Oh my god!" It's, it's like, no, literally, it just looks like him in a hat. He did a great job, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, like, I, that's about the extent of mainly what I what I'd heard about it, besides mm-hmm. just some rumblings after people had had watched it. Um. How well did it age slash could it be made today? Well, it's well, aged about two weeks yeah. and it could be made today because it was yeah. just made. Yeah, those questions are not super relevant to this. Do they say the title of the movie in the movie? Well, yeah, yeah. it's his name. Does it name a lot? Um, title, Does it fit it, the movie? Yeah, Manhattan yeah. Project probably could have been. Yeah, I. but it was I mean, it was more about mm-hmm. specifically Oppenheimer. I feel like there was a show recently or in the past like 10, 15 years about the Manhattan Project mm-hmm. that I watched um, and that was more about like the people there and I feel like the Manhattan Project kind of deal mm-hmm. is more overarching than it just being about him. And I think this was a lot more about him and his role. Yeah. So I think it's fine. Uh, were there any actors that went on to do bigger things? Well, Time no one's really tell. done anything since then, but there were a lot of big names in there that we kind mm-hmm. of mentioned. Um, I almost feel like we need to pull up a list when we get home mm-hmm. and read them off in the, the after after show. Yeah. Just one of the, I wanted to call or two that I wanted to call out. One was um, Gary Oldman as Truman. Yeah. He's just a chameleon. And every time I see him in some of these roles where he's just really, really like in like makeup and mm-hmm. um, looks so different, I'm like, man, I, is that him? Is that him? And like looking it up and being like, okay, I can tell, but just barely that's him because yeah. he really yeah, I'm looks glad so you different pointed in everything it out, that he's in. I think I probably would have figured it out in another like couple seconds, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it was well done. Yeah. And then Josh Hartnett, who I just like thought hadn't been anything in anything since I guess we saw him in Sin City which was technically after Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. but I think it's funny that he's also involved now in a movie that takes place about World War II because mm-hmm. he was in like I guess his biggest movie was Pearl Harbor before that but I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in like 
15 years. I mean, honestly, I will say I probably couldn't have told you anything he was in. I just remember like everybody in middle school, high mm-hmm. school being obsessed with him. Yeah. Just the name is more popular to me mm-hmm. than what his specific roles are. I was clearly never a big fan, but he's fine. Um, what impact do you think the movie had on pop culture slash do you feel cultured after watching it? Obviously, it's a big well, pop culture phenomenon. Everyone is, just keeps talking about it. It is blown up with this whole Barbie situation. So mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued to see Barbie next and also look more into what actually this phenomenon is. Because I keep mm-hmm. seeing people post about it, but we knew we were going to do this. So we tried not to overread into it so that we wouldn't mm-hmm. know too much. But um, I, I don't I don't know that this is going to have a long... I was about to say, like, no pun intended, but it's kind of like a flash in the pan. You know, kind of like... As bad as that is, it just kind of seems like it's, you know, everyone's talking about it, it's all the rage right now, but once it leaves theaters, it's not, I don't think going to have much relevance, or not relevance, but people aren't going to um, be ex- as excited about it when it's mm-hmm. on streaming or yeah. on DVD. I, I think they lucked into the hype, I think this and Barbie lucked into the hype of each other and whatever this hype is, and they are going to get a lot more in the box offices than they probably planned when they started making these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is Oppenheimer at least is a Nolan movie, those mm-hmm. are always going to do pretty well, but... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the next several weeks if this is still on top mm-hmm. of people's minds. Yeah, we'll see. How Only time will tell. We'll report back in a couple of weeks, in a month or two, and see mm-hmm. if there's any more, any more to say about it. So let's move on to our oh, notes. Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. Do you feel cultured after watching it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, honestly, more cultured historically, just mm-hmm. about learning more about the Manhattan Project. Um, as for, like, pop culture things, now that I can say... I'll be able to say that I've seen Oppenheimer as everyone is mm-hmm. talking about it for right now. Um, and if the Barbenheimer um, craze ever is mentioned again in, in three to four years, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mainly around like the historical part about it. I, I like in dying to read the Wikipedia pages about Oh yeah, I can't, him, we're gonna be up at, project. We're gonna go home and lay in bed and like scroll through Wikipedia in the mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. It's gonna be great. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> um, do you wanna do notes now or do you wanna save them for later so we have time to? Um, sure, let's, let's save our notes for after both movies. Yes. So we will cap it here. We are going to go get some more wine, most importantly, um, order dinner and um, find our seats because we've got another movie to see. Yep. Coming soon. Catch you later. Cheers. Cheers Cheers to a double feature. Mm -hmm. That was a lot, but. (laughs) It was a long afternoon, but we are back in studio, Mm -hmm. aka our basement. And we have. We have lived through the Barbenheimer experience. And now we're here to tell you about it. Oh, man. Uh, first, as always, uh, we're going to talk about the wine. I've already gone over the wine scale earlier, so I won't rehash that. Thank you. Um, for the second movie, we had the layer, layer cake, cake ball back. back. <laughs> Jinx. Um, from, we're going to assume, 2021. Yeah. Um, they didn't give us the year on the menu thing. Um, you can rate it first this time. A one. Yeah, I was going to generously give it a one and a half, but like, I don't think it deserves that. I'll I know. I was going to, I was thinking about points and I was just like, it was, it was red wine. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't sweet. So like it wasn't a zero. Um, like I've had some really bad, sweet, gross red wines. It was just generic red wine. It was alcohol forward, but it also had that slight carbonation that I like hate in it, red it wine. It was not as bad as that one. Oh yeah. We That's had. why I was going to give it a one and a half because mm-hmm. oh, I was just thinking yeah. of like the one we had before. okay 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 but, okay okay you, it might be a one and a half because that was that one we had that one time but i do not recommend was, the layer cake mall bag now who knows how well they keep their wines at a movie theater like well can we also talk about how a bottle of that was like 39.99 and i'm pretty certain it's like 11 dollars at mm-hmm. the store 
I'm going to see if I can find it at Kroger this week and get a price on it because that's outrageous. I mean, I get it. That's how movie theaters make their money, but like kind of silly. Yeah. I would rather spend $40 on like a good bottle of wine Mm -hmm. that we normally drink. And I also, I, this has just really brought to to light that we are really spoiled by the amount of nice wine we get to drink. Mm -hmm. And now I'm becoming a little bit of a wine snob. I think the Delta between like a $40 Tobin James wine that we get in our shipments versus the $40 of wine at a movie theater. The Delta is just gigantic. It's, it's just very, very large. Um, I will say though, I think the black box um, wine is levels above the two wines that we had tonight. You might be right. Let me, let me taste it and see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's got like more character, smoother, not carbonated. Yeah. It's just, it's a good steady. I'd rate it a three, which is higher than other wines. It is. Mm -hmm. By far. Okay. Um, So enough about wine. Everybody's here for the movies. So Barbie, um, on a scale of one to to 10, I am going to rate it a 4.2. I'm giving it a 6.2, which I think Mm -hmm. feels right between the two of us. Yeah, I just, like, thinking about it, it it seemed like it was an idea that had potential. They didn't really quite capitalize on it and said they were just like, okay, we got a general idea. Now we're just going to get a whole bunch of people, like a star-studded cast, and throw it in there, throw some musical numbers in there, and call it a day. And it seemed like there was something that could have been fleshed out a little bit better. Um, I I will agree. I think it could have been a lot better with the same ideas. Mm Mm-hmm. It it's like they just were like, yeah, we got it. Let's just jump mm-hmm. it right, right into it. Started out strong, and I was like, okay, this has some potential. It's kind of funny. They're kind of like pushing some boundaries here, like you know, kind of uh, be a little bit meta, breaking the fourth wall in a way with like mm-hmm. the narration, and then it just kind of like was weird. Yeah, but I will say to your scale, if it was on, I would probably watch it. Mm-hmm. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of anything quotable, but I'm sure that if mm-hmm. I watched it a second time, something quotable would come from it. I'm just mm-hmm. really tired from watching yeah, five hours some, of there movies. There are definitely some like fun one-liners. And I think like it's going to have its pop culture moment in it. Mm-hmm. I think this, more than Oppenheimer, will have a little bit more of a pop culture place. Yeah, I mean, given that it's more approachable, it's much shorter mm-hmm. too. And the nostalgia factor, like that's why it gets a 6.2 for me. Yeah. That's honestly just why it gets as high ratings it does for me. Just I just feel like as a movie it was lacking, but there were some quotable parts and one-liners. Um, it seemed like a cool premise on the surface. And like that's mm-hmm. all I can do. I'm not going to sit down and be like, I want to watch this from start to finish. I might watch a little bit of it if it's on, but 4.2 seems right for me. All right. So why don't you give us your description? Um, Barbie is in Barbie land. There's a whole lot of Barbies that are all Barbie various from the various like personas and various models of Barbies that have been out there has an existential crisis for some reason goes to the real world to solve it and ends up discovering more I guess about the role of being a woman in the real world yep well done Mm -hmm. according to the tv Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in this (laughs) in the colorful, seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get a chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. That's pretty much what I said. Mm -hmm. I did completely leave out Ken. You did. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, what does that I, say about me? I, <laughs> I will say I mentally inserted Ken while you were telling your description. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it's a bunch of Barbies that are Barbies. And I was like, oh yeah, and the Kens are all Kens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you didn't say that out loud. <laughs> yeah. I I like this description a lot though. Much better than the Oppenheimer mm-hmm. I thought you were much better than your description. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yours, was, yours was good. Um, the, the Oppenheimer one was terrible. But I think this one is a really... Like a really well done, doesn't give too much away, doesn't have some stupid pun in it that makes me laugh. Like it's just a very succinct version of what it should be. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Um, we're going on to was the movie what you expected? I'm going to say not entirely. Like to an extent, yes, but I thought it was going to be more someone living in the real world as like Barbie, like the basis of like Barbie and being really fake and everything. Um, I didn't kind of see the whole like Lego movie type rendition of this in entirely. Yeah, I'll I'll say it's more yes what I expected than no what I expected. Mm-hmm. I did know there was like a big feminism take to it and like girl mm-hmm. power. Yeah, I definitely heard that. I, I knew all of that going into it. I love the Mattel aspect to it. I think that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, like I think they did a pretty good job with and how they incorporated that. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was very funny that I didn't really expect. I, Overall, I it's, note, it's pretty, it's pretty what I expected. I had a note about the Mattel stuff of being like, I'm just honestly surprised that like Mattel was okay with this. Me too. Like, how they were kind of like really pushing the lines, throwing them under the bus in a couple of ways and making jokes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that thought it was kind of like, I, uh, I'm interested to see like how that came about, whether that was controversial or not. Yeah, I agree. Um, I have, I did see something it was like a YouTube title or like a shorts title that was like the one thing Margot Robbie didn't think Mattel would let in or like the mm-hmm. one scene. And I didn't watch it cause I didn't want to know going into it. But now I'm like, what scene was she like? Not sure that they would let in there. Mm-hmm. It was probably the um, F bomb at the end that they bleeped out with a Mattel logo. Yeah, That was pretty funny. <laughs> oh man. So good. Anyways. Um, how well did it age slash could be made today? Um, it was made today. Yes. I would say it was received rather controversially, which I I feel like the only way it could be controversial is if you chose to be offended by it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that more says more about you than it does about the movie. Yes. Um, I, I do think a lot of the, like, the people that are upset, though, are also, like, the moms of girls that are, like, four and five and six that were mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll take my daughter to see Barbie. And it is not a take your five-year-old to Barbie kind of yeah. movie. It's a maybe take, like, your tween daughter. Mm-hmm like to kind of movie but i don't think it's for I think that was girls. a fraction of the outrage more of it was kind of like the whole like i can't believe they're portraying women this way and like you know being offended by by um that and women empowerment and mm-hmm. calling it like all sorts of names people are going to find reasons to be mad yeah it's just, about more, it's more just like it says something about you if you chose to watch this and be mad about it mm-hmm. um I don't think there was anything controversial with how it's how it was portrayed. And if anything, if you didn't kind of see through a lot of the like really dark humor in it, like you're just kind of sleepwalking through life, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, I agree. You need, you need to look past at what they are getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, did they say the title of the movie? Uh, yeah. A couple times. There's Hi lots Barbie. of Hi Barbie. Lots of Barbies for sure. Yeah. And is, does the title fit the movie? If you call it anything other than Barbie, it would be a crime. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy, like, in the first several minutes, I, Barbie stopped sounding like a word to me that is just so used so much that I also had never thought about Barbie as being, like, short for Barbara. <laughs> Barbara. So, like, it... Well, 
Mm-hmm. I obviously have. Yeah. Seeing as that it's my mother's name, mm-hmm. and she hates the nickname Barbie, so mm-hmm. don't call her that. I had never ever even thought about it until yeah. I was like, it said a hundred times in the first four minutes, and I was like, oh. Okay, and then they, you find out that it is actually short for Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny. Uh, were there any actors that went on to do bigger things? Obviously, this movie just Again, came out, but it was tell. a very star-studded cast. Um, Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling, um, Kate um, McKinnon. America Ferreira, mm-hmm. um, Michael like, Sarah, Will Ferrell. Yeah, just a just, whole lot from what we can just even see on the screen. Um, on that note, can I just say, I feel like the marketing department failed America Ferreira. And not, I had zero clue she was in this. Mm-hmm. And I think... She was probably my favorite character. And I think she is what a lot of people are going to love about this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a crime that she was not more recognized in advertising for this. Because I had no clue. Mm -hmm. I did not look a whole lot into this movie. I did not watch trailers. Like I didn't really know a whole lot going into it. But all I know was the like stills of Margot and Ryan Mm -hmm. as Barbie and Ken. Yeah, that's all I really knew about it. Mm -hmm. And like, I get maybe you want to like just perceive that it's going to be about Barbie and her dream world. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I felt a little let down that I didn't know she was in this. Yeah. I mean, I try to stay away from a lot of the marketing around movies that I am going to see just cause I want to be surprised mm-hmm. and um, not have it kind of be like, Oh, did you hear this person's in it? Like if it's supposed to be kind of um, low key and um, a surprise. So um, I didn't know Michael Sarah or Will Ferrell or yeah. anyone else was in it yeah. either. So. Will Ferrell shocked me to death too. Mm-hmm. I, I was not expecting that at all, but I also feel, I feel like he played it really well. Yeah, but I also didn't really fully understand his character. Yeah, I also, like, I felt like he was just Will Ferrell, not really a character. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't really see past that, and... Yeah, he was playing, like, his character from Zoolander, like, in a way. Yeah. I just didn't understand what he was really getting at, and it seemed confusing. So it's like in a board full of all men designing... Mm-hmm. And like planning Barbie products, and you think it's just gonna be a whole lot of like, ha ha ha, we're men, we're talk-. but then it seemed like he was actually invested in Barbie, and mm-hmm. I couldn't really get a read on it. Yeah, didn't feel like that character was fully fleshed out. I agree. I also, when he, they got in the elevator, and he's like, "No, let me push the button." All I could think of was like, "That's something Buddy the Elf would say," and then mm-hmm. I couldn't get past that for a while, and so <laughs> it was just trying mm-hmm. to sift through his many characters to figure out what the, uh, this character was supposed to be. Yeah. I just couldn't get a full full read on that one. Um, what impact do you think the movie had on pop culture? Well, obviously, it's the whole reason behind why we're watching this is the whole Barbenheimer thing. Um, I think it also is kind of a, a sign of the times of just how divisive it is mm-hmm. in showing how like people either absolutely love it and like I think it's so like true, or people like hate it and think it's just totally not representative of the real world. And I'm like, there's a Shouldn't really be a divide there. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think I think this will have a place in pop culture for a while going forward. And it will kind of keep falling back to these kinds of conversations and what this movie stands for. Mm-hmm. And I think it is something that is different than the norm of what... Because, I mean, I assume 20 years ago, a Barbie movie would be so different than what this is mm-hmm. that this being the w- portrayed the way it was is a sign of the times and will be a pop culture mm-hmm. phenomenon for a yeah, while. Barbie, Barbie movie from 20 years ago would have been much more um, just Barbie su- Dreamland. superficial than mm-hmm. very much like, yeah, not at all like yeah. this. Like Barbie drinking from her pretend cup and pouring her pretend milk and mm-hmm. 
walking on her pool because it doesn't actually have water in it. Mm -hmm. Her feet would not go flat. For sure. Um, Do you feel cultured after watching it? Yes, 100%. Yes, because now I can understand a lot of the discourse around what I've heard about the movie. Now, I can't wait to dive into what the, like all the controversial posts because I've been trying to avoid them that I'm Mm -hmm. ready to just like read the comments and Mm -hmm. get get deep in there. Hear uh, hear both sides. Mm -hmm. So... Now we can head into notes. Yes. Do we want to start with Barbie? Let's start with Oppenheimer. Okay. And you can always cut it if it needs okay. to be different. Um, you can go first on Oppenheimer. I think I went first. So my first note that I had on Oppenheimer, it was more about the movie theater experience itself is that it was just really loud. <laughs> my, my first notes are about the movie theater experience too. It was just like, oh my, my God. ears kind of got used to it after a while, but it was just felt like it was a bit but every once in a while, something in both movies mm-hmm. would just hit, and I'd be like, "Does it need to be this loud?" Yeah, in Barbie, it's like they just turn the subwoofer first to max, mm-hmm. and the, you didn't that hear bass it for was most of the movie, but yeah, bumping. some parts was just insane. Yeah, the um, explosions in Oppenheimer. I was like, "Can we just can we turn it down just a little bit? It just doesn't need to be that Especially loud." Especially because the the um, contrast between like this, you're, you're seeing the atomic bomb go off. It's very very quiet because it hasn't hit quite yet, and you kind of like almost forget about it. And then it's just like way too loud, really fast. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I will say it was an experience to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely was not the same. I I try to get the whole like surround sound experience here, but I don't think I'm going to turn the sound up that loud. I don't for, think, I mean, I don't it think, think like it was a bit too much. Um, next note being the, the black and white for flashbacks um, was cool. And I thought it was going to be helpful at first, but then as we talked about earlier, it just became way too confusing because it seemed like it still was not chronological in a lot of ways. I still don't know when exactly in time mm-hmm. anything took place like I, re- I really need to go sit down and look at some dates and put piece all of those together I need someone to recut it and put like a little uh subtitle there at the bottom that says like this year and like when that's it all was I wanted. or something that's all i wanted or recut it and have it be completely chronological i've seen movies be recut that way because it just was very hard to follow and it's one thing if you're telling like a fictional story and you have these kind of like flashback flash forward mm-hmm. kind of things but this is something that happened <laughs> in mm-hmm. real life so you know an exact date and time that these things occurred yeah just pop them on the screen most have like two time periods you're, you're cutting between and a very clear the delineation whether you look how someone looks uh way differently aged or one is black and white and one's not but this was just mm-hmm. not that i mean they definitely did the like cgi aging age down age up on mm-hmm. all the characters but it was not yeah like it was not enough to know i need someone to have like a beard or some crazy radical different style so that i can really know right away whether or not it's what time period i shouldn't have to like really look through it uh my next note was that bernard has gotten old bernard from the santa claus he played one of the scientists in the movie and i will say i was impressed at how quickly he he i don't even think we could see his face Mm -hmm. but you heard him talk and you were like oh my god is that bernard Mm -hmm. and and i was like oh my god you're right he looks way different from his character his, playing his elfin days elf. yeah the eternal elf the poor guy i'm sure he hates being known by that but mm-hmm. i mean being children of things now being children of the 90s i mean that's just what he is to mm-hmm. us so. always um but um, but i think he was good in that role though that very much mm-hmm. was a good place for him yeah he played it really well i also thought josh hartnett had, had aged quite a bit too mm-hmm. he was in a bunch of movies around a certain time period just kind of seemed to be that young like heartthrob for a while mm-hmm. and now he d- didn't age poorly he just looks 20 years older because he is 20 years yeah. older <laughs> he looks how he's supposed to yeah. look age aged gracefully but it's still uh it's kind of jarring just, just because as i said before i've not seen him 
in movies in a while. Um, mention that it's hard following all of the timelines. Um, I did find it interesting that there were a lot of parallels. I thought in between how there was like a, um, I guess news came out of out of Germany about the atomic bomb and some sort of uh, progress they had made, and it felt very similar to today where we've got this superconductor um, LK99 that is currently being researched where someone published a paper in Korea and then like overnight a whole lot of like um, labs around the world are trying to like reproduce it and figure it all out and do all this analysis on it that I felt very much like today obviously the technology here hopefully is not used to make bombs but more made to make all sorts of things that push humanity forward but as we know like things generally push to trend towards like making weapons uh, the atomic bomb though I think was very quickly seen as like hey this is something that can be used for for mm-hmm. war uh, but it felt very very similar to what i'm seeing happen in the news right now yeah i was very glad you had briefed me on that situation before mm-hmm. this movie <laughs> and so i i kind of made similar yeah. parallels to that I think too we literally like on the way <laughs> we did talk about it on the way I by chance and talked about that uh there were just far too many names in this movie that needed to have like in the movies where they have like a little like um blurb at the bottom is like this person and their title or, or you know what they do because it was so hard to put put names to faces and then when they're off screen and i hear them referred back and i'm just trying to think like mm-hmm. okay who was that person who what did they look like in this or were they been shown in this and just that slight visual like i've read the name under the face mm-hmm. would be so much help so much more helpful for the audience mm-hmm. unfortunately that would not help anybody who's visually impaired but mm-hmm. for the most people that are going to see this having some kind of visual like written out yeah, thing or give like if you're if you buy the ticket to the movie give them like a, a family, program family tree style thing where it's like it's here's, the, here's all that. the relations to this this main character yeah. so you can like figure out what the heck is going on it was so much i know and i like the more we talk about it the more i'm like i feel like i need to watch this movie again but after doing extensive research and understanding so that i can like appreciate a lot more of it because i feel like i really didn't take as much from it mm-hmm. as i could have because i just don't know enough about it and for, yeah, fortunately, this one we're not planning to do a slept on it. Yeah. But I feel like this one really needs it. Yeah. It's going to, it will at least have a personal slept on it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to see Oppenheimer, please read about it before you go. Maybe we'll post some reels about it or something, but we're not going to, I think, cover it in the episode as this is a bonus. Um, next note being the naked in a chair scene where um, I have Oppenheimer and his mistress. girl, mistress, whatever, are both naked. It just kind of seemed unnecessary at first. I was thought they were going to have a bit more of like cinematography um type things they had showed like them close up and then kind of showed the shift of power based on like how they're positioned in the scene they didn't really kind of do like it seemed like they were getting closer and closer to their faces each time they switched cameras back and forth um but i think it was kind of meant to show like that they had nothing to hide there they were being extremely open and honest with each other in that in that moment um however i find it funny i did hear that in that scene in some countries um they have censored it by doing a CGI black dress over top of the woman. And it looks pretty bad. Oh man, I need, can you, yeah, I'll find, can the you find for you. that. Um, but it's kind of funny that they just had to blur that out. Yeah. I mean, I get maybe what you're going for, but also we kind of talked about, you were like, I mean, as soon as she was naked, you were like, that's the R rating. And I just felt like that wasn't added really nothing to the movie mm-hmm. and that it could have been a PG 13 movie mm-hmm. without that. Yeah, if, that, if that's the reason why it's R, then it seems like they just tried to do that just so they could get the R rating, just so they could make, I don't think they made more money with PG-13, but I feel like mm-hmm. a movie being portrayed as R makes you think that it's going to be darker. And Yeah, I don't know. I, d- I didn't really think, it, it added nothing for me. Yeah, 
I mean, it might have had something for some people, but I mean, I'm never gonna say no to boobs, but it just kind of was like, okay, I don't really see the purpose here. But. Yeah. Um. So I think I believe the actor that played Borden, the guy that kind of ratted him out or not, or did the report on him, I believe he was in The Dark Knight, which also is a Nolan movie, just like Killian Murphy was also in um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises, and Gary Oldman, um, who played the president, also or President President Truman was also in the dark night as well. So I, th- I thought it was interesting, the continuation of a lot of characters that were in Christopher Nolan's like realm, his, his like um, mm-hmm. movies kind of picks the same people over and over again. Um, thought that was kind of interesting. Um, mentioned that Gary Goldman is also a complete chameleon where he just has, he's been yeah. so many different people and it just does it so well. Um, and my last note was that this should have been a mini series. Yeah. The more I think about it, I think I would have taken a lot more from it. Cause even like you said, just the simple act of being able to read a Wikipedia page between episodes and learn more about the history. Cause mm-hmm. even like we watched the crown and we are not caught up. We are fair, many seasons behind, but to be able to watch it. And as a seasons or a show mm-hmm. or about a specific event is happening, you're like, Oh, like, let me just see how accurate this is. Or let me mm-hmm. learn more about this. And just being able to get that information helps you appreciate the show. And yeah, under- I'm not going to like read any Wikipedia article in why I'm in the theater or Mm-hmm. In a, necessarily in a movie setting sometimes um while we're like watching some of these movies we'll pull up a little bit but it definitely needed to be much more drawn out and give us a, a break between mm-hmm. episodes yeah i uh, now that you say that i'm like a little disappointed it wasn't a mini series because i think it would have been a lot more interesting mm-hmm. and i think they could have told a little bit more added what was missing that they had mm-hmm. to cut out of this three-hour movie mm-hmm. expanded on some things i think i would have taken more as an audience yeah, member would have been great on hbo sorry on max max <laughs> All right, that's the end of your yeah, notes. notes for that movie. Okay, so my first note again about the um, experience of being in the theater. So many ads and so many previews. What did we time it at? Twenty five minutes. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, our movie was supposed to start at two fifteen, I think, and mm-hmm. it was almost two forty before the movie even started. I mean, it was. And I thought it was like done with the previews because they, there was some like weird um, change between one of them, and then they did like three more mm-hmm. previews after that. Yeah, it was really weird. And then, then, so then I'm spending the whole movie panicked. Like we only have 30, 40 minutes between movies and this started 30 minutes later than we started. Mm-hmm. But yes, we'll have another 20 minutes, but like we have to do, I mean, I was so stressed mm-hmm. <laughs> during this because yeah, of the record timing. Our, our, our thoughts. And I've got to go to the bathroom. Order more food and drinks and get back in the theater. It worked out, but I was a little stressed about it. <laughs> And my next note is after we got through all the ads and previews, they just jumped right into this movie. Mm-hmm. There was no, I feel like there wasn't even a title mm-hmm. thing. I mean, it was just well, Killian Murphy's right on the screen. I thought, I felt the same way. It, it, I guess because we've also been watching so many older movies. I'm so used to kind of having that build up or even Oklahoma had the whole interlude for like three minutes mm-hmm. that to just jump right into the movie. I was like, Oh, okay. Now like we went from too many old movies where they have like 10 minutes of like our opening titles. Yeah. To let me like get comfortable, sit in my seat. seat. I've grown to appreciate them. Mm -hmm. And now I hate the just sudden jump right in. Mm -hmm. Um, My next note is I wish there were years on the screen for a timeline because it was just impossible to follow. Mm -hmm. And it makes me, I was so afraid I was sitting there and I was like, Oh, he probably knows exactly what's going on. Like I feel so stupid. And then when you said that you Mm -hmm. had a hard time, that made me feel a lot better because it was just my best, but I I still could have used a visual aid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Einstein, I feel kind of dumb because in my mind he exists in like 1800, like, Mm -hmm. and 
that's not true. But I just, my brain was so not prepared. And then every time he kept coming on the screen, I'm like, oh, that's right. He's around here. And that mm-hmm. just, the whole Einstein plot threw me off. And then you were like, oh, I think that's Paul Giamatti. And no, then I got Paul really Giamatti excited that it would Einstein, be. That's why I got confused. <laughs> That's like a Verizon right. commercial. That's felt right. real dumb after as soon as I pointed out the I was like, oh my God, because you see him in the distance at first. And I was like, oh my God, I think it's me, Paul Giamatti. Because we had seen him in a preview before and we talked about him. Yeah. yeah. Which also, Paul Giamatti's what? You said 56? 56. Yeah. He looks way older than that. I think they way aged him up in whatever preview we saw. But him I also in. feel like he's been around forever. And just, I feel like he should be much older than that. I do agree. Um, so then I kept thinking about Paul Giamatti every time my eyes were on the screen. It was, it, it, distracted me a little bit from what was happening. Yeah, hard taken seriously. Like you should, you should be Paul Giamatti. Um and then the um the kind of back to the naked scenes mm-hmm. when they were interrogating him in that non-trial whatever mm-hmm. that was supposed to be and she was just like naked on top of him and making mm-hmm. eyes with Emily Blunt. It was just again, it was just unnecessary and mm-hmm. too much and I think you could have gotten something across with yeah. a little bit less of that. Yeah, I still don't really understand the, the, the what they were trying to get out with that. And it was very jarring and odd. And, just, and like, I'm not offended by the boobs. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. It just was like, I don't get what you're going for there. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of weird. And maybe we could I just want to know what that was like to film. And and that's also what I'm thinking is like, that's really uncomfortable because she's just staring down. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. probably the camera. Emily Blunt's probably not sitting in that small yeah. space, but weird. Yeah. Also, odd. Emily Blunt, I was not prepared for her to be in this. And her American accent was not great. Mm-hmm. Or it was like supposed to be kind of Southern. Yeah. It was hard to kind of pinpoint what she was really going for yeah. there. And just seeing her on the arm of Killian Murphy, I was like, that's not John Krasinski. Come mm-hmm. on. Um, I, but I will say my one thing that I did really like about this movie is there was a lot of really good one-liners mo- more specifically from Matt Damon. Also mm-hmm. did not expect to see Matt Damon in this movie. Yeah, he did a great Had job no with clue. Like the somewhat comedic relief, which mm-hmm. I don't know if this movie really needed, but he he was he was pretty great. Man. But I think that's such a good representation of what real life is, is like when you're going through really stuff that's really stressful and really hard and weighs really heavy on mm-hmm. you, there is always someone around who's probably going to make a joke that that's dark, mm-hmm. but you just kind of need someone to break that tension and bring you back to reality a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciated that character and the one-liners and... Matt Damon, because again, I was not expecting him to be in this movie. Um, I also thought Emily Blunt's uh, one-liners in her interrogation part, though, yes. was pretty funny. And I could imagine yes. John Krasinski being on set and just being like really turned on by that. <laughs> I wonder, do you think he like goes to set and watches her act? Or do you think she's like, nope, you're Could not allowed possibly here? possibly have you there. I don't know. Because he'd probably be looking to camera making gym faces. I mean, she had to be there when they were filming. Um, or Was she in a quiet place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were in that together. Yeah, they were in it together. Yeah. So they must have been on set together at least one point. So we'll That's figure true. out whether that was a positive thing or a never again yeah, thing. You are, we are not allowed to work together anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that wraps up my thoughts on Oppenheimer. I can't wait to go learn some more about it. Mm-hmm. Add more to my, yeah, my brain. I think I'm going to be too tired after watching all this tonight to do a lot of research, but definitely want to do some more over the next couple of days. Definitely. And now to just take a hard pivot. Would you like to go first with your notes for Barbie? Or would I, you like to I can go first for Barbie. Okay. okay. To start off with in Barbie, the whatever mom joke they made about, you know, girls playing mm-hmm. with their baby dolls and you and you can only play mother for so long, like ask your mom. Mm-hmm. I laughed too hard at that because that hit just like a little too close I to I feel home. like a lot of it in the beginning hit like really, really close for you. Yeah. For moms in general. Mm-hmm. Having, I mean, we, we have two children. They're both girls. Being in the thick of early childhood mothering mm-hmm. 
it 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 hit a little close for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. I, I appreciated being able to laugh about it, but it was it was a little so much. Um I died laughing at Barbie's feet when she took her shoes off. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that to be expanded on as a plot point, but I thought that was hilarious because I remember as a kid playing with my Barbies and just like looking at her feet being like, I just don't understand why they don't make them flat. Like why mm-hmm. does Barbie's feet have to look I like this? I had never thought about that. And then I pictured Barbies with like flat feet. And I'm like, oh yeah, look, that would look real weird. <laughs> I think I maybe have one Barbie that has flat feet and it was for some specific reason, like whatever mm-hmm. shoe she had. Skis or something. Yeah, something like that. But almost all my Barbies were like that. And I would always just like try to, I would try to bend them to see if mm-hmm. they'd go flat and they don't. Yeah, but I should have just what um, thought about death and mm-hmm. despair and all those things. See, I was going to say just get a lighter, but I guess that would work too. <sighs> God. Okay, <laughs> weird Barbie. Well, I'm just saying that would make them flat. You're like um, Sid from Toy Story that destroys all the toys. Just No, I never did that to any of my toys, but that <laughs> that, that does sound like something he would do. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Kate McKinnon as weird, weird Barbie. Mm-hmm. Well cast. So good. I just loved, there was one scene, I think towards the end where she was just like in a split stance, but like up against the wall in the background mm-hmm. of this whole entire scene. And I'm sh- I'm sure she probably didn't have to stand like that forever, but it just was so mm-hmm. funny and well done, especially with the drawing on her face. Cause you, you know, you know, somebody that drew on their Barbies. I felt like they should have had more drawing on her face though, based on what the Barbie they showed, mm-hmm. whatever of someone like playing with it. I feel like she should have had much more all over her, but I did find that funny because you definitely know someone who did that to their Barbies. Oh yeah. I would have been in so much trouble if I had done that, but I, I'm sure there are people out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but in the beginning when they were kind of introducing the Barbie land, they were given, they were giving out the awards with the Senate and, um, or the Supreme court and the Barbie awards and stuff. Mm -hmm. The one giving the awards away was Penelope from Bridgerton. No. With the Mm -hmm. red hair. So she was speaking in an American accent, which Mm -hmm. threw me off and maybe she is American. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I know her. And which I felt like in most of the movie, I was like, I know this person from something, Mm -hmm. but she was Penelope from Bridgerton. Ah. Um, I also thought it was funny how Barbie's car, the proportions, like Barbie is physically larger than her car. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, it was funny in the beginning, especially she's leaving Barbie land and driving off and you can tell she's bigger, but once America Ferreira gets in and is driving Barbie's car and she's just been driving like a normal car and mm-hmm. to get into that smaller Barbie type car of just, that's how Barbie looks in her car is she's just bigger than everything. Mm-hmm. And just like the Barbie world in general, like the houses and you know, they were like, you can just see through everyone's houses. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true. You don't really think about that, but yes, it, you can see everything mm-hmm. in the house from every perspective. Yeah. And even just imagining like all of the, do- the, three or four doll houses we have up various mm-hmm. doll house, houses we have upstairs they're all just very see-through and you know mm-hmm. you don't actually walk the barbies down the steps or the dolls down the steps they, you, just, they just fall <laughs> they just end up down mm-hmm. on the bottom floor i thought i thought all of that detail was really well yeah, done though some of them have stairs you just never go down them oh no no, mm-hmm. no definitely not um we have insert noise here ding a reference to another mm-hmm. culture night movie Grease was shown, mm-hmm. um, the Grease lightning scene. Yeah, for that patriarchy scene of like the men and he mm-hmm. was doing the Grease lightning. John Travolta. So that was exciting. I'm so glad yeah. that we have just recently seen that it's for that to recent, come back. Yeah. And again, I already mentioned America Ferreira. I, I think again, as a mom going through some of the, like, I don't have a tween yet. Mm-hmm. Lord help me when I do. But the the challenging moments with your kid and your, especially your daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, 
Um, I definitely identified with that, mm-hmm. but I think she did it really well. And she, I just, I, I liked her character so much. I wasn't expecting to, mm-hmm. but I just thought she played that really well. Yeah. On that same note, I have a note that I am not ready for middle school for girls. Like I, just yep. seems like a lot. We are going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in so much trouble, hopefully. And they're not going to overlap too. So it's going to be like, you're going to be done with middle school and then you're going to have like, well, like a, no, I guess it's probably no break. No break. Probably go straight into we're, middle school yeah. again. Oof. We're, we're going to have no break. It's going to be six straight years of middle school for yeah, us. You think I'm gray now. Oof. <laughs> You'll be bald by then. No hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So think of us in a couple years. Um, and then uh, let's talk about Ryan Gosling for a second. Because I just really wish they'd cast somebody else's Ken. I don't know how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked terrible. He looked very old to mm-hmm. me. And uh, I thought he looked like Draco Malfoy. Sure. <laughs> I definitely see that. Um, I thought he seemed, I, I almost thought he looked like he hasn't aged that much in the past like decade. Um, I think they probably could have had someone who looked a lot more stereotypical, like airheaded mm-hmm. play him. Um, but I, I thought he did fine. I think his acting was fine. Mm-hmm. I just felt like he looked, I mean, he's 42. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I just, I didn't really buy it. And I think like, he's still a beautiful human. He's aging really well. Mm-hmm. I just could see where he had aged and it was kind of taking away from him being Ken. Margot, whatever, however mm-hmm. we, we undecided, yeah. however you pronounce her last name. I thought she was an excellent Barbie, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't know. I think maybe the actor who played Plop from The Office slash the uh, love interest from- Ooh. Uh, Christmas inheritance and whatever else he's in. Those are my, my two big ones for him. Mm-hmm. I think he for me could have been a good Ken. I think I I do agree. Yeah, he and I think he'd have the, the like open mouth smile down mm-hmm. really well. Yeah, I don't know. Just something about Ryan Gosling was not. I, when I first heard it, I was like, oh yes, that's great. But watching it, it just it didn't really mm-hmm. pan out for me as far as his looks. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. And then my last note is a decom reference that you're not going to get, but I'm going to say it anyways, is at the very end when they're in the car and they're wishing her off to her OBGYN appointment. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I don't remember whether it's her or her husband that says, si se puede. And she has this whole Disney movie about a dance team and their motto is si se puede. Mm-hmm. And her husband says it and she goes, oh no, that's like a political reference. And she like totally writes him off, but she's like the queen of this phrase in this whole Disney Channel movie. Oh man. And totally went by me. Oh my God. And I was dying laughing. I was wondering why you oh, it was so funny. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious because um, it's called Gotta Kick It Up, America Ferreira. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's like her debut movie. That's like the first thing I ever saw her in back in mm-hmm. like 2002 or three. It's very old that um, I just thought that was interesting. I'm interested to Google and see if other people picked up on that because mm-hmm. obviously i think most people of our generation are the ones seeing it i'm certain that they watched that back in the day yeah, so we just didn't have disney channel growing up I know. so i'm so sorry one day we're gonna technically we had it it was one of those weird things where it's like we didn't technically have the channel but if you went to that channel it was like half blurry whatever i, I had that for a while yeah. and then we finally got it and i was like thank you yeah but don't worry one day we're gonna do a decom season, season because mm-hmm. someone needs to be educated need, in the decoms cultured in it uh-huh. I'm sorry. That's let's scratch that. Let's start over again. <laughs> Someone needs to be cultured. There it is. <laughs> okay. So those are my thoughts on Barbie. Actually, sorry. I have one more. <laughs> Go for it. I will say being a, a girl woman and having two daughters and being the mom of two daughters, 
I am excited to one day watch this with them and have conversations with them mm-hmm. about it. And I know that's a long off, especially our youngest is very little and doesn't even talk yet, but I'm excited for that time where we can watch this together. Mm-hmm. That was like my big takeaway. Yeah. Interested to see what the, what, how this is perceived in another, what, 15 plus years when we're mm-hmm. watching with them. Uh, so under my thoughts for Barbie, my first thought was that this is at least the whole beginning sequence really reminded me of Lego movie. I don't know if you've seen that with like the everything is awesome. Mm-hmm. Kind of it starts out with the song looking around. Everything's like, so like super toy like and plastic and perfect. Uh, felt very, very similar to that. I can see it. I've only seen it once. I, I didn't love it. So I'm not super familiar with it, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, as you talk about it, it sounds familiar. But then it also felt again, hammered that home with the fact that Will Ferrell was in it. It's kind of like an outside person who's also in the movie like mm-hmm. outside of that outside of that world but like still involved with it um just yeah as soon as you said like a movie earlier i was like mm-hmm. isn't well barrel in that mm-hmm. that's kind of like the dad of the kid who's like putting together this whole lego world in that yeah so it felt like a lot of parallels there um speaking of parallels also f- the um opening sequence with the voiceover felt very much like bridgerton like the you mm-hmm. know british voiceover especially because you mentioned what's her face from bridgerton Penelope. um that it also felt very similar in nature to that, like they were trying to capitalize on when they were making this, to how um, I believe probably when the movie was first being formulated and made, Richardson was at its like peak of familiarity mm-hmm. and or of popularity. And so that's probably influenced that in a bit. Uh, next note being, like I said, I just wrote, fuck, I'm not ready for middle school. <laughs> just based on the yeah. sequence of her being in at the middle school yeah. or it might've been high school. Like who knows how old kids are these days. Um, it just, felt very aggressive and, and how mean Sasha was to her mom. I was like, Oh my God, that's going to be me. And mm-hmm. I'm just so not ready for that. And getting rid of her toys. I'm like, but do you love those toys? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine when she's like, I couldn't possibly play with princess mm-hmm. Rapun- or princess Aurora and yeah. princess Rapunzel and Casita. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm not ready for that. Well, I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't know I was going to cry tonight. Uh, next note being that I was shocked at what, they how they referenced Mattel and like made fun of it. Just seemed aggressive, and I don't know what the relationship is there. But um, well, it was funny. But also, mm-hmm. I wonder if like there was some sort of issue there, or if Mattel no longer owns the brand, or what. I feel like they'd have to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it. I those all those same thoughts were going through my head as I was watching it, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious, and I mean something that would probably completely glaze over my head until I was like 15 mm-hmm. or older. But I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, I loved the Matchbox 20 references. I was jamming out as soon as, and I don't know how, but as soon as he started playing the guitar, I immediately knew exactly what song it was. I was just like, a song I've not heard in a long time, but but I, th- I, just, I did enjoy rocking out to that. I did think it was funny as it's like, you know, the Ken, the Kens are taking over mm-hmm. and that he starts playing the song and you instantly start singing mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Before he even starts singing, yeah. Just no longer, no idea how that was top of my mind right there. Um, and then they launched into a way too long musical number towards the end. And it felt reminiscent to some of the musicals we've watched from this season where it's like three quarters of the movie and they're like, hey, let's have a 13 minute long musical number dance sequence thing. And you're like, sure, I guess. Okay, we'll sit through that. Apparently the musical is not dead. Mm-hmm. They're just uh, trying to be just like the old old uh, musicals we all know. They're really that. leaning into this nostalgia factor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the mother-daughter drama resolved too quickly. It did resolve too quickly. That's not realistic. Didn't really explain that. It's kind of like, oh, she hates her, hates her, hates her. Get in the get in the car. There's a, a Barbie. And suddenly the girl's like, oh, yeah, we're totally on board with this. 
it just seemed like they cut out a lot mm-hmm. of storyline plot line there and, and i think they also could have kind of showed that i mean we saw the mom take the barbie out of the box when she had her goodwill box but i think kind of showing more of that like what she did with it at home and kind mm-hmm. of explaining that outside of the story i do agree and all of a sudden i was like oh and they're just standing off to the side in their pastel outfits just smiling as the barbies take over like mm-hmm. We need a little bit more of like a one-on-one conversation between the two of them because clearly there's a lot more there than just. I don't know if there's like a deleted scene there. Yeah. Or what? Uh, next note being on the ordinary Barbie thing, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like it's a dumb idea. Oh, it would really sell." It's like, well, I also feel like a lot of girls, like especially for certain ages, just really don't care what the doll is. They will play with it anyways. I never understood the mm-hmm. whole Barbie being controversial thing. I have a giant tub of Barbies mm-hmm. at my parents' house. My cousin had the dopest Barbie stuff. I loved going to her house to play with Barbies. And not one time did I ever think, I need to look like Barbie. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't look like Barbie. I have dark hair. I have yeah. one I have one brown hair Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, uh, I liked her because she was also a teacher and I wanted to be a teacher. But I mean... Uh, all the Barbies were just Barbies. It was just mm-hmm. a type of doll you play with. And I remember like people being like, Oh no, my dot, my child will not have Barbies. And I remember thinking, but why it's a doll? Like it's, yeah. and I, I, as a girl, I never understood that. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know why they all have to be like themed though. It's like they're, I guess they're doing it obviously for more money to, to raise the prices and have the various different, different roles they play. But it's like our kids play with like generic dog toy, generic, bear toy like why is this like barbie thing cannot why can't it just be like girl why does it have to be flight attendant or teacher or construction because worker that's barbie? how like, I don't know. america and society works mm-hmm. but i do i do love how barbie is trying to expand i know they have um, a down syndrome barbie now mm-hmm. and they have like the wheelchair barbies and i know they have some with um like different skin discoloration and trying mm-hmm. to be more representative of like, you know, Barbie is not just the blonde, perfect mm-hmm. skinned, stereotypical Barbie, mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, to feel represented like that has its place mm-hmm. and is important. I did like how they referred to her as stereotypical Barbie and not like, you know, original Barbie or mm-hmm. normal Barbie it was stereotypical. Yeah, like I think putting much. that title on it was really smart on their mm-hmm. part and makes sense. Cause like, I think it's fine to have a stereotypical Barbie mm-hmm. and to have, all the other kinds of Barbies too. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Um, and then I was disappointed they didn't have the Barbie song in the movie, the one by Aqua. However, they did have like a mashup of it in the beginning of the credits. So at least they had that nod to it. But I wonder if that was like a licensing issue or they just hate that song. I will say one of the very first things I heard about this movie like a year ago or more. I mean, it felt like it was a long time ago mm-hmm. was that the Aqua song was not going to be in there. And I was like, well, what's the point of even making a Barbie movie if you're not going to have Barbie girl in there? Mm -hmm. But we did rock out to it on the way home and it was amazing. So they have that like opening song that it would have been also really funny if it was just that song Mm -hmm. to be like a whole like opening of introduction to a Barbie world. Ryan Gosling pull up in Mm -hmm. the car. Like I thought that would have been hilarious. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. Missed opportunity. I'm sure there's drama there. Yeah. So is that the end of your notes? That's end of my notes. Yeah. So how do you feel about the Barbenheimer experience? Um, I definitely can see some parallels between the two, like as odd as they, as as different as they seem of like, um, I think someone had put it as like um, both movies are about um, someone trying to exist in the world that they created. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I see that. totally fits there. And I think that's kind of the big parallel between Mm -hmm. them and um, very different takes on a different um, overall 
storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think the big thing too is, you know, Barbie and J. Robert Oppenheimer are just so polar opposite and for them to premiere the same weekend mm-hmm. and they, they just beat these like total opposite movies mm-hmm. that it's just become this. It's kind of genius of like, instead of being, which one are you going to go to? It's, are you going to do both? Do Pork, the Barbenheimer? Por no los dos? The, uh, the motto of and our that, life. <laughs> that is literally our life motto. How mm-hmm. come that's taken till right now after we've seen them for us to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Oh man. So, um, I'm glad we did that. And this was a fun difference, different mm-hmm. switch up from the normal. How did, last question, how do you feel about the movie theater experience? Do you prefer the movie theater or do you prefer being at home? I love previews. I like being in the theater because I feel much more compelled to like not be distracted. Um, I didn't love how our projectionist really sucked, especially in the second one. The first one, the movie was kind of like shaped uh, like a, or a trapezoid i would not have noticed it if you hadn't pointed it out in the first one but because you pointed it out in the first one and then within within the opening sequence mm-hmm. of the second one i was like someone has effed up our projection. And i went out to guest services and told them about it and they radioed and i thought they were going to fix it and they never did it was like the top like it was like it was a vignette. the top of everyone's head was just like blurred out heavily vignetted at the top missing like the top 10 percent of the, the screen and on the left side there was also a slight vignetting it was really it was bad. very distracting and it was pretty disappointing to be honest yeah that i i guess they just said don't have no idea how to do how to be a projectionist anymore um but overall i just i do love being in a theater as overpriced as it is um yeah. honestly the tickets didn't weren't that expensive it was obviously the concessions that's where the theaters make their money but um i don't know i just love going to the movies mm-hmm. yeah i uh, i liked the experience of the movies but i think because we do this every week I like the freedom to be able to pause it and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I hate the people who make noise in the background. Barbie was loud. The Especially audience. The it, there was someone with an annoying laugh in the very opening credits. And I'm like, or opening scene. I'm like, if you do this whole movie, I'm going to start throwing things at you. Yeah. Oppenheimer was fine. People weren't obviously super reactive to that movie, mm-hmm. but the, the Barbie experience was a little distracting and I didn't love that. Um, we didn't talk about what we ate. Do we need to talk about what we ate? No. Oh. Uh, I had the chicken melt. It was good. I had a, uh, bacon brie burger that was delicious i was mm-hmm. so hungry it was honestly way better than i expected and i thought it was gonna be it's just like really crappy low-end food but for eating in movie theater yes it was expensive but it also was very good i yeah. feel like the the food was like a little expensive but not terrible i felt like the alcohol was a lot more overpriced than the food yeah but you think about like overall what we paid for it it's like what we would have paid for like a regular date night so it wasn't like it was more mm-hmm. or less expensive it was it was good yeah it was a fun night. It was fun to get out of the house. Fun to mm-hmm. have a just you and me night. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, like full afternoon, yeah. evening. 12 hours. Yeah. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. And Let us know if you liked it and if we should do more of them whenever more of these type of movies pop, mm-hmm. crop up. Or do we need to stick stick with the the old culture? Mm-hmm. Past? Yeah. Do like the old stuff, the new stuff, both. Let yeah. us know. Let us know. And we will be back next week with our regularly scheduled musicals. Mm-hmm. whichever one that will be. Yep. <laughs> so you'll hear it there. Catch you in the next one. Cheers. Cheers.